All right, so we're live. We got Sebastian Wynn here. Appreciate you hopping on the call for the podcast. Uh, man, I did a lot of research on you. Uh, Sebastian, coach, mentor, speaker, ex-Chinese mafia boss. But if you don't mind for the people listening, Sebastian, uh, could you just do a quick little intro about yourself and who, who you help serve? Sure. So quick bio about myself right now. Uh, my name is Sebastian Sang Nguyen. And it's important because I used to never let people know my Vietnamese name because I was embarrassed of it. And that's part of my journey and story. So my name is Sebastian Sang Nguyen. Um, currently just left Orange County, California after living there 25 years. Living in Colorado right now. Uh, married 27 years. My wife and I are about to go to Japan for two weeks here in a, uh, about two weeks uh, for two weeks. And we're really excited about that to celebrate 27 years of marriage. I have four children. Caleb is 23, Joshua is 22, Seth is 20, and a little girl, Selah, who is 12. So we're basically empty nesters, and uh, it's crazy. It's so fun. It's awesome. Uh, my main target audience are entrepreneurs, usually between age 27 and 37, because they have the most life transitions going on in their life, and we take entrepreneurs from 37 on. So I have a training coming up here on November 3rd in Colorado, and he is 63. But his wow. heart is an entrepreneur, and it, it's, it's crazy. You saw the preview video. It's intense. He is going to be so excited. He's, it's awesome. And he has a lot to risk. Um, he's on his second marriage, a blended family, couple boys in there. He has another kid that lives with them. They're all in their 20s. And I told him, hey, as a male leader, you better get these tools to lead these men. And that's why he's coming at 63 years. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm 53. He's 56. I'm sorry. He's 56. I got his number mixed up. 56. But right. that's who I am, and that's what I do. I love making leaders, creating leaders. Yeah. So yeah, you, you had a chance to show me that video there. Huge training, looks super intense. And uh, one of the main things that I got from that video was, you know, what got you here isn't going to get you there. So could you elaborate a little bit about that? You mentioned that most of your target audience are people from 27, 37. Yeah. And what kind of got them there, and what's holding them back from getting to where they want to go? Great question. So. If you watch my hands, I do a lot of visualization. People just kind of get it. So right here, we'd call your comfort zone. And if I drew a circle, this is your comfort zone. This is where you're comfortable. And right in the middle, if I drew an X, almost like a scopes on a gun, in the middle of that comfort zone is you. This is as far as you go take your faith, your fitness, your family, and your finance, and you draw a circle, that's your comfort zone. Most people 27, 37, their comfort zone has been pre-career, pre-entrepreneur. And they get to be an entrepreneur, they get a little comfortable, and they hit the first problems as entrepreneur around 27. And, you know, the ball moves with the age and technology. They're getting lower and lower every year. But for, for my target audience, I work with a lot of dentists and young business owners. And at 27, they're on top of the world. And all of a sudden, they go, oh, shit, I'm about to be 30. And they think their life is over. And I tell them, bitch, you're too young. <laughs> you're, you're only 27. Calm down. But in their mind, they have lived so much life. They have Instagram. They have so much media. So I totally understand it. So at 27, they want to leave their comfort zone, come into this new possibility. And see where my hands are? It's a gap. In between here, they've never been here. So now they need a coach. Is this right? Am I doing enough? Can I do more? And they ask them all these questions. And then relationship hits them. Their spiritual identity hits them. You know, am I making enough money? And the comparison kicks in. And so I just found that's a sweet age. And they're still teachable. They don't think they know everything. 
you know, once you get past 60, some of those guys have lived a life where they're just comfortable either surrender or not wanting any more transformation. But that's that's the age and target I love because they're getting out of their comfort zone into the gap of where they've been and where they're going. And so that space where my head is right now, that gap is scary as hell because that's what everybody's afraid of, failing. And to close that gap, you have to fail, Kevin. You don't fail, you will not close that gap. You've never been here. You never lived today. So you have to close the gap for you get your unprecedented or new results you want to create. Right. And something interesting that I found was that um, one of your testimonials, uh, I believe it was Austin Saylor, he he talked a lot about how you were able to kind of bring up, he said stuff, but I'm sure it was uh, the bullshit that you were able to reveal to him. So I was curious, like how is it that, why is it that people can't see that in themselves and why do they need a coach to kind of shed light on that? Oh, great question. You really did your homework, brother. So <laughs> most of us can't see our own shit because we're buying it. We're believing in it and it keeps us safe. So our brain and our heart is designed to keep us safe. That's why we live as long as we live. That's why people want to eat healthier and exercise more. We're designed to keep healthy. We're designed to keep safe. So anything that comes into our mind that's not supporting us being safe, we naturally reject it. It could be something great. It could be invitation to level up, but you naturally reject it. So in my trainings, we start off one word. The whole training's based, the first training's based on one thing. The video you saw, the word integrity. And it's not the integrity you're thinking. Some people says, what you do in private that no one sees? No, nah, that's kind of, but it's honoring your word. Integrity is honoring your word. If I say I'm going to be on this call at 3 o'clock, I am on at 3 o'clock because I'm honoring myself. And I'll give you an example. Most people say, hey, I'll go gym tomorrow, Kevin, and they don't go. You know what they feel about themselves? That they're a loser. Okay, don't worry. I'm going to go tomorrow. They don't go tomorrow again. I'm going to go tomorrow. I don't go again. I missed three days in a row. Guess what I just did? told myself I'm not even powerful enough to go to the gym. How can I have a woman? How can I have a sustainable business? How can I make a marketing funnel? How can I do anything? I'm such a loser. Let's look at Instagram. Let's go on Facebook. Let's go binge on Netflix. And they just go on this slippery slope. So in my training, how I help people see it, I just shine a big spotlight. Where are they out of integrity in their faith, fitness, family, and finance? Where do they break their word to themselves? And when they see that, now they bring everything out of the shadows Look, my hand's in the shadows. You can still see it's shadow, but then into the darkness where you can't even see it. And we bring all into the light. Now you have a power. You have a choice to address those issues or put them back in the shadow and darkness, but you're still in power. So my job is just bring everything out into the light. So Kevin, you thought you're so great at this and this out. Now what do you see? What do you want to do with it? You want to just keep on hiding it in the closet, push it in the closet, push it in the closet, close the door behind you? Or do you want to just open it, let it all out, and let's deal with it? And that's where power comes in. So a lot of times we just believe our own crap because we're in self-survival or protection mode. And it's natural. To mature, to maturate, to grow up, we have to get to the point where we are starting to tell ourselves the truth and listening to feedback, which is truth, to set us free. See, the truth will set you free, but we're a lot of times we're afraid of the truth. It's it's so easy to kind of live that lie and like leave things in the closet. What are the consequences of, you know, leaving it there and not living an authentic life? Biscuit eaters, dude, you got to call me every day. I love your questions. Man, you're going to get me <laughs> fired up, brother. 
You know what the consequence is? We're over a 51% divorce rate here in America. That's nothing. We should be at like 85% divorce rate. The only reason we're not higher is because everybody's getting married later. People are 35 just starting to think about getting married. Do you want to hear something? Just man-to-man talk. I don't know who your target audience is. I know they're in marketing sales, but this is about authenticity of marketing. When a man marries at 35, the woman's between 35 and 40. She has been with 10, 20 other men. And then he wonders why she's not committed to him. He wonders why he feels insecure about performing sexually and have enough resources. By then, 35, 40, she already has more resources than him most of the time because he's been playing around too much. You want to know the consequences of integrity? Nothing works. The simple definition is nothing works. Your faith, your spiritual connection gives you passion, purpose, doesn't work. Your fitness, your self-love, your self-care for yourself, what you eat, sleep, nutrition, not having washboard abs and body, but just the way you take care of you. You have functional fitness to kick on your, your vision. It doesn't work when you're out of integrity. You know what else doesn't work? Your family. Not only your biological, but everybody you give your time to becomes your family. You choose who's in your family. It doesn't work when, you're out, when you, your relationships don't work, when you're out of integrity. And then your finance. Finance is not how much money you make in your net worth. Finance is a vehicle that supports your passion, purpose, your faith. Because every season we have a different vehicle. Remember in high school, you had this hoopty that barely worked, but you're grateful you got to school and had your friends in it. They got to college, you got one a little bit better. But hey, when you got your career, you bought your first new car. And it doesn't smell like someone else's fart. It's your car, right? Every season we have a new vehicle. And this season, your vehicle might be doing this producing income for your what? Faith, your passion, your purpose. But when you're out of integrity, literally nothing works. Let me give you one more example. A bicycle wheel has spokes, right? Say there's 40 spokes on bicycle wheel. If I take out one spoke, will it still work? Yeah, pretty much, right? It's not going to hurt it. I take out two spokes. That can do. But I take out 10, all of a sudden it's going to lose its structure being circular. It's going to start getting oval. I take out 20, half of those, the tire's going to be like this. It's not even going to really run. Bloom, bloom, right? That's like integrity. You break one integrity, one spoke, it's still working. Two, three, all of a sudden the... The integrity of the wheel is not rounding more. It starts becoming oval, then lay flat, and lay crush eventually. And that's called gradually and then suddenly. That's what happened in people's lives. How did they get divorced? Gradually and suddenly. How did I lose my business? Gradually and suddenly. But here's also about integrity. Ready? How did I get my best client? Gradually and suddenly. Being integrity, one word, one commitment at a time. How did I get my best marketing funnel? Gradually and suddenly. By being an integrity with each word, each day. Isn't that powerful? So it could go either way. Right. Switching gears, I know that you've been in a whole bunch of high-stakes situations. You've been in the mafia, you know, in your relationship, uh, business, entrepreneurship. Do you have any advice for people um, that have high-stakes conversations with their business partners, with their spouses, and what sort of common mistakes that they have, uh, usually have and what advice you would give them? Great question. So here, high stakes is just you have more to lose. You have more on the mm-hmm. gain, more on the line. The higher stake you get, the more you need to know the other person's vision. That's it. Bottom line, 1,000%. This uh, process, I have a seven-step process. I teach my coaches how to enroll new clients into their coaching program. I'll teach high-ticket sales, same seven steps. It's very simple. It's just 
you can't do it unless you do the work on yourself because you make it all about yourself or your product. And the very first question is clear intentions. Do you have clear intentions? Hey, Kevin, I want to meet with you about this men's training I'm about to do. And I thought of you. You lead people and stuff. I want to give you the power to lead other people, right? So could you meet me for a 45-minute call? Do you see how clear my intentions are? I'm not saying, hey, Kevin, let's catch up. Then I'm going to do an Amway sell switch on you in the middle. That's all bullshit. My integrity is nasty. I'm full of fear. So for you to even do that, you got to get over the fear of rejection. See the process of character? So if you have a high-stake conversation, you first have to do work on yourself. You have to have clear intentions. Then second thing you have to do is know their vision. If I don't know your vision for this call, I'm making this call all about me. I want this call to be about you and your audience. I want to create value for you. You want a high stake? You tell me how we're going to make the best um, um, a value for your, 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 your audience. You tell me, Kevin, and I'll make it happen for you. See, that's high stakes. You will lose every high stake thing when you make it about you, your product, and your services. That's insecurity. I am so secure because I do the work daily. We call it the fire formula. I do it every day. And that I fill up my own cup. And when I fill up my own cup, I'm just overflowing on you. That's high stake. It's not just techniques. It's not a process. It's a way of being, Kevin. It's a way of being. And I have to be very curious about you. I have to be very intentional about you. I have to want the best for you. And I walk into a high stake conversation like that, you feel that you have a partner. I'm not here for a transaction. You know what transaction is, right? Kevin, you give me a little money and I give you service prostitution that's how we sell our products i don't give a shit if you're gonna hit a home run or win i just want my money here's your service here's your pdf here's your whatever crap i sell you it's a transaction i go into a high state conversation as a partnership i'm gonna make sure kevin wins i'm gonna fill up his cup because when i fill up his cup it overflows on mine i want to win too and the best way I know how to win is make Kevin win and do like just like you did. Do your homework, your research, and make sure you understand the audience you're talking to. Create value for them like no one else could for them because everybody else just wants to do a transaction. Let me just have a little piece of you, Kevin. Let me get a piece of your mailing list. Let me get a piece of your, your clientele. Let's do a JV together. Everybody's just so – it's so gross. It's so needy. But if my cup is filled, my cup is already full, it's just going to overflow on you. And when I overflow on you, guess what? It's all about you. It's not about me. I've already done the work to be full. So you notice the distinction. I'm not talking about doing high-stake conversation. I'm talking about being so you can have those high-stake conversations. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And, and something interesting that you said there was sales is also leading people, being clear. What does good leadership look like? Well, I could talk to you about good leadership, but I'd rather talk to you about great leadership. <laughs> and we do. You'll see I parse words because words are distinctions. I don't want to be a good leader. I want to be a great leader. And I'm going to tell you the difference of two. Here's what a good leader looks like. A good leader, I'm going to do so I can have, and maybe one day I'll become a great leader. I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to, I'm going to lead you. I'm going to tell you what to do so I can have your trust, your love, your respect. And then maybe I'll be a great leader. But guess what? Sebastian comes along and he does more. He does better. He has more, and he has more, and I can never become as good as him, so I'll never be a great leader. Do, have, and become equals death. See, that's why I don't like answering that question because why would I answer a question you're going to die, brother? How about I give you a question or an answer that you'll live? Are you ready? 
instead of do have, I already am a great leader. What do I do as a great leader? Then I'll get what I have. I'm already a great leader. I'll take what I have and I'll do with it. But I start off, I'm a great leader. So let me make this crystal clear. When I have my three boys, the best, I'm 53. This is the best year of my life. When they're all playing basketballs in Orange County, California, a little Asian basketball league because they're all midgets. And I had all three boys playing basketball, two different a stadium, uh, two different schools, usually on Saturdays, right? <clears throat> I can't go to all three games. Sometimes there are three schools. I can't go all three games. So to be a good dad, what would I do? I'd go to all the games I can so I can have their love and respect. Then maybe I'll be a great dad. But you know what? I'll never be a great dad because I can't go to all of their games. I can't have their respect and love. They'll look in the audience. Where's my dad? But I'm already a great dad. So what I do, Kevin, I'm a great dad. What I do, I have conversations with my boys. And I tell them, look, I can't come to all your games, but I can come to the finals. I reschedule it. I talk to your coaches and all that. You'll never look in the audience wondering if I'm there because you know what games I'm coming to, which one of the games I can't. I'm a great dad. What do great dads do? Communicate. What do they have? Love, trust, and respect. I'm a great dad. What I have time. What I do that time, I communicate and I spend it with my boys and I tell them where I'm going to be. Do you see the distinction? One is you're doing so you can become. One, I don't have to do shit. I already am. Uniquely, wonderfully created. I already am the only Sebastian there is. I'm the only authentic version of myself. If I'm trying to be like Kevin, guess what I am? A fake Chinese knockoff. <laughs> and if you, you're talking about marketing and sales, when you're not being authentically you and you're afraid to be rejected, you're just a cheap Chinese knockoff. You sound like someone else. Oh, Brendan Bouchard, you sound just like him. No one has ever said I sounded like anybody. The closest someone ever said is like, Fuck, you sound like Tony Robinson on steroids in my train. They go, shit, you know, but that was a great comparison for me. But they didn't sound like Tony Robinson. They said, like, I'm like him on steroids. You saw the video, how intense I get. And you want to do great marketing and sales? Be authentically you. Give people a reason to reject you. Then you have given them a reason to accept you. Now watch, I'll give you a principle to that. Kevin, what's oh. your favorite football team? Uh, let's say... Oh, baseball. Yeah, you got a baseball hat on. Uh, I don't watch too much baseball, but let's let's say um, Seattle Seahawks. Seattle? Oh, what the fuck? They suck. You're <laughs> killing me. Dallas Cowboys are the best. So you gave me a reason to reject you, right? Now watch this. Seattle Seahawks. Oh, man, you're awesome. I love them. I love their colors. <laughs> I don't know, right? <laughs> but then you also gave me a reason to accept you. Most of the time, people never have a reason to accept you until you give them a reason to reject you. And that's product placement. That's marketing. And when you try to sound and be like everyone else, they can't accept you. You sound like all the static noise. What's his name has a great book called Purple Cow. It's very simple. If you're a purple cow, guess what? Seth Godin. If you're a purple cow, guess what? You stick out. But everybody's afraid to be a purple cow. Why? Because they stick out. You give them a reason to reject you. Then they have a reason to accept you. A lot of people don't like me. I'm too loud, obnoxious, I cuss. But you know what the ones that do? They get results. That means they're ready for me. It helps me weed out clients that are just going to distract me and waste my time. Just being authentically me. No, I love it. Um, so I watched a lot of your, your speaking events. And it's, one thing I noticed is that you put a lot of humor in it. 
you get people engaged as well. And I think that's important for people, especially if they're online entrepreneurs, they're speakers, authors. Uh, do you intentionally put humor in your, in your engagements to kind of get people's attention? You know, you know, honestly, I don't do it intentionally. Let me try this slide. Maybe I'll help a little. Uh, I don't do it on purpose. I was a very serious person, angry all the time. And when I learned to get relieve that, when I learned the secret of just loving myself and being myself, shit, it's just natural being sarcastic and funny. I see life funny. I see a lot of things that people don't see are funny because they're still taking life too serious. They, they're, they're measuring their self-worth on X, Y, and Z. You know, like I start playing pickleball. I am so addicted three, four <laughs> hours a day. I, I'm serious. That's, nobody plays. It's the worst drug ever because if you can't find someone to play with. It's a drug. <laughs> but I don't take myself serious anymore. I laugh. I yell. I throw my racket. And we have a lot of fun. Before, have you ever played people who just, they're so intense and you don't want to play with them. They're like dicks. Hey, are you a pro? Mm -hmm. Do you do this for a living? No, just stop it. I have a very close friend, little brother. He plays golf once every six months. He comes out, he makes a bad shot, and all he does is just throw a tantrum. I know I can't believe you play so shitty. You, you suck. You should just quit. I mean, you're so embarrassing on this court because, I mean, you come out here like once, six months, you should play like a pro, right? And I'll see how what a smart ass I am because that's the thoughts going in his head. And I got to show him how ridiculous it is. You come out here once every six months and you expect to shoot like a pro? How arrogant is that? So I don't have that self-talk anymore. I fail every day. I make mistakes every day. I get out of integrity. And I get back into integrity. And I laugh at life all the time. So no, it's, I think humor is great to learn, but I don't intentionally script it or anything. I just find moments in life funny as hell. And I, I just be authentic uh, about it. Yeah. Let's, let's talk a little bit about your trading because you showed me that. And, and sure. I absolutely loved it. Um, why, why did you create that? Why do you feel like the people need that? Oh, great. Brother, I don't know what you do for a living, but you ask some damn good <laughs> questions. So I created the training for me. That is a compilation. Um, after I got out of prison, because I didn't have a father teach me I'm worthy, significant, anything. After I got out of prison the last time, um, I, I started going to everything. I didn't know such thing existed. Listen, I'm so ignorant. I grew up poor. When you grew up poor, the statistics is you usually don't walk more than two miles away from your home because we don't have cars. We just walked. We foot it, we call it. I didn't know so many things that happened in this world was available. Like, I didn't know there was men's training. They teach you how to be a fucking man. And I went to like a hundred of them. No, no kidding. Every religion you could think of, every um, type of men's training you could think of, and I combined it all for what worked for me. And I designed this training. So now I could train it authentically because these are trainings I experienced. I, it changed my life. I put them in a, a systematic flow to change people's life. And it just starts off integrity. We start off day one showing you what's not working in your life. We expose it with all this bright light. Day two, we tell you how to get back integrity. And day three, we tell you, now let's create your next 90 days. We do a year target, 90-day action step to get the results you never had because now you know how to stay in integrity. That's simple. And I took all these little exercises. I put them all together. And the results have been phenomenal. So why did I start it? Because I needed it. I didn't do it for anybody. I had to fix my broken heart, my anger. I mean, I used to punch holes in the walls. Oh, my God. It's it just hor horrific. Um, you're too young, it looks like. But they used to have these big old 
TV cases that had bookshelves on it, TV in it, and TV. And I'm not talking about flat screen. I'm talking about a TV that had a big ass tube and two people had to carry it. It was like 2,000 pounds. I'd pick that up and throw it across the room and tear the bookshelf off the wall in anger because I couldn't communicate to my wife. Is that crazy or what? And I did that, by the way, when I was a pastor and a missionary in California, <laughs> living in South Central LA. I had anger issues. When I couldn't communicate people, it just, everything inside me just vibrates and shakes. And, and I feel like I can't communicate. Like I'm trapped in my own body. And I learn how to express my emotions. I learn emotional intelligence. I learn to communicate when I'm sad, mad, angry. When all those things I was told men can't do. A man can't be sad. You can't cry. You know, men don't do that. And so I suppressed everything inside me. These exercises, this training helps get everything out. And you get a clean start clean slate and literally every man comes out going man i feel so much lighter like i lost weight yeah that's all the emotional bullshit you've been pushing down inside and and first time a lot of men first time cry i mean cry like ugly cry like snot coming out of their nose ugly cry so i create it because i need it why do i think other men need it because they have a penis just like me <laughs> they're men and like you 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 look asian to me right yeah, yeah. i guarantee you you're fucked up because <laughs> our culture tells us a whole bunch of lies you know i'm so glad you're doing this interview i'm so glad you are young and using the internet and podcasts and all that stuff because my generation you want to be a lawyer doctor engineer i'm 53 that, that's it holy crap that's it i was a natural leader i was running drugs for the mexican mafia in sixth grade wow. sixth grade Brother, just natural leadership. People were following me when I was in sixth grade. My daughter right now is 12. She's in sixth grade. I go, bullshit, that's crazy. Blows my mind. Blows, no, she's seventh grade now. So I was, 11, I was 11, sixth grade. Blew my mind. I look backwards. I go, no way. But when you live on the streets, no one raising you. My mom working three jobs. No male role model. No, no male tell me what to do, how to do it, if I'm doing enough. You just, you, I, I was so hungry for another man's approval. Tell me I'm enough. And so you tell me, what do you want me to do? I'll do it. I just want to hear you with a male masculine voice say, Sebastian, I'm proud of you. Never heard it. So I just kept on doing more dumb shit. Until I could tell myself I'm proud of myself. That was a big transition in my life. Right. And your son, Caleb, he, he's also a coach. Right? Oh, he's a badass. He, he, he's already <laughs> surpassing me. He's 23. He's a coach. He's running a whole business, a coaching program for people who put their business online. So he runs their coaching team. He teaches them. He runs their, he just got promoted. He's running their operations team. So he's running the whole wow. company now for this guy. But he put in the work. Let me tell you one story about him to show you it's not about age, it's about being who you're created to being. He was a senior in high school. He was about to graduate. I'm going to Australia to do a training for a month, for a whole month, because my trainings are uh, usually do one. You wait another month to do another one. But since I'm in Australia, I said, you do one. Let's wait a week, a week and a half, then do the other one, because you need time, process, digest, and they build on top of each other, right? So I said, you want to go, son? He goes, yeah, we checked the school and all that. He could do some study on his own, whatever. He gets over there. I have five coaches there. He's the only one that's oh. not an adult. He's not even 18, 17 and a half, not even 18 yet. He goes out there, and the whole coaching and training, you saw three days, really intense, men and women both, this training. 
And um, at the end of the two trainings, I said, okay, guys, now you're going to pay for your coaches. They're going to coach you for the next six months to apply those targets you put out there, 98 action plan, all that. And um, I said, but we're going to do something different. We're not going to sign you coaches. You're going to pick your coaches. You're going to give your coaches feedback. Who created value for you in the last month? Who helped you transform the most? And you're going to pick them, and they're going to get paid from you. He got more than the other four adults at 17. And here's the only one reason he did it. He was just authentically him. Somebody do something or say something, he'd go, bullshit. Wake up. This is your life. And they're like, ah. (laughs) And he's yelling at adults. And you know, in the Asian culture, he's 17, yelling at a 40-year-old adult. Man, that's almost like disrespectful, but it woke their ass up and created so much value for them. And now, now he's, what, 23? Dude, I couldn't brag about the guy enough. He's kicking ass. So he's living on his own in California, Southern California. My second son, Joshua, is in finance, living in his own Southern California. My third son's up here um, living on his own. And um, he did two years of school. It wasn't for him. He's an entrepreneur, too. He needs to fail like 10 more times. But he's <laughs> one thing he is is a great natural leader. I mean, mag- magnetizing natural leader. He, he's powerful. Yeah. But yeah, runs, Caleb's amazing. Looks, yeah, it looks like it runs in the family. Sebastian, yep. family man, entrepreneur, coach. Mm-hmm. Where can they find you? I'm sorry? Where, where can people find more about your program? You know, I took a break from California to Colorado, and I took everything off the web. So I just focused transitioning my family and being with them. And so I'm putting everything back up. So honestly, I will have to give you my links and let you get to them. I used to have my name, SebastianWin.com. I'll have just resurrected again. But we could try that for right now, and I'll just give you some information, Kevin. If your audience wants to know more, they contact you. How's that? Awesome. Sounds good. All right, Sebastian, appreciate talking to you. Appreciate your time as well. You're welcome, brother. Anytime.